are we here? Why has this happened to us? I remember a time in my life where I would call out to God every night as I walked alone and prayed. Lord, why am I here? This is like a nightmare. But I know that someday I'll have a testimony of how you've delivered us. One of the most valuable deeper life lessons I've learned over 30 years ago is simply, Lord, you knew this was going to happen and you allowed it when you brought me here. Show me what you're doing. There is certainly a plan and a reason that is different from mine. I know you're a deliverer, but I'm going through this. Help me not to waste my time of trial and instead learn why I'm here. Assumptions about the hard things in our lives, and especially assumptions about God's will, can prolong our circumstances. Wrong ideas about why, can create poor decisions and lifelong problems. Instead of developing the mentality of a victim in hard times, there is a way through, that will establish us as victors. One day not long after we started to rebuild our lives in a season of very deep testing, my wife was working as a clerk in a supermarket and would do our weekly clothes washing at the local laundromat. She was asking the Lord why she had to go through this. Very distinctly, the Lord spoke to her and said, When you learn to be thankful for what you do have, then things will change for you. We had lived for years in nice homes with more than all we needed, and now this. But God was up to something good, yet painful in the moment. If we would continue to mature and cross the horizons that God had mapped out for us, we would need to learn how to ask why we were here and why He has allowed this so that we could grow in Him to take the next steps of victory. God has positive reasons for every negative thing that we face, and instead of complaining, we need to find out what He's doing and why He's allowing this for us. The lesson was a much deeper level of surrender to Him. It was an important step in purifying our faith. When ancient Israel was wandering in the wilderness, God was teaching them to trust in Him and to fear Him more than any other thing in life. But they continued to complain and live in fear, discouragement, and doubt because they missed the whole point. His plan was to turn them from a nation of slaves in Egypt into a mighty nation of conquerors, just as it is for so many in America today who constantly complain and demand their rights. When God told Israel that they were going to die in the wilderness and never experience the life of a victorious warrior nation because of their constant unbelief, they still continued to complain and accuse and criticize their leadership until God would send a plague or the earth would at one point literally open up and swallow some of them. Yet their response was yet more accusations, dissatisfaction, and division. There came a point where they got a hold of Moses and accused him of not leading them into the promised land at all, when the truth was that they weren't given the right to go in because of their own stubborn unbelief and rebellion, and they knew it. Moses delivered God's answer to them, but in the process, Moses lost his temper and was told by God that he too would die for it because he didn't properly represent God in front of the people. Over and over again, this scenario would be repeated when God's glory would come down, Moses would receive instructions for judgment and atonement for the people, and they would repent. 
but only temporarily. These people would ask, why are we here? But their attitude was one of rebellion, and Moses knew an accusation veiled as a question when he heard it. Yet it remains a very important question for us in our trials. Lord, why are we here? What are you trying to teach us? Instead of rebellion and anger, there must be an honest heart to discover what God's doing to bring us to a place of victory by getting rid of inner attitudes of superiority, or ego, pride, lust, or selfishness. One point God told Moses, You must take away their complaining against me or they will die. For us, continued complaining about our lot in life is nothing less than telling God that we don't like the way he's running things, and we know better, and we need to demand our rights. God said, keep it up, and you're going to die for it. Today I see Christians complaining about, um, well, wait for it, complaining about the Biden administration, the far left, liberals pushing socialism, critical race theory, and on and on. And I, too, know it's wrong what's happening. It is outrageous. But I've learned this. God has allowed it. And we had better learn what he's up to and forget about worrying about what the liberals are up to. God can take care of that when we get our eyes focused on what is happening in God's plan. Listen, we have to get to the place where we fear the Lord more than we fear what's happening to our nation. I know this. God is bringing America to its knees so that he can turn and bring us a great blessing, but we need to learn to love more than we hate, submit more than we demand, bow our knee before God more than we take a knee in rebellion. Why are we here, God? Show us your plan. It's true for us as a nation and also for our personal trials. The people were very discouraged again and again and again, and they complained and murmured more and more. In fact, the book of Numbers, which tells us these stories, is called Numbers because God was keeping track of every unbeliever to ensure none of them ever entered the promised land. Moses would be careful to number the people of a certain age to know precisely when everyone who rebelled and doubted God when the twelve spies came back from Canaan with an evil report, were all dead. God was raising a new generation who encountered the hardships amidst the glory of God, and when they learned to fear God more than fear what their enemies would do to their nation, then God would send them in as victors. As it is this very day in America. I've been trying very hard to retire from my broadcast business but it keeps prospering and the time it takes to train in my replacement is taking way too long and I find it very exasperating because of chronic and often disabling fatigue. Early this morning it hit me why I am here. I've been asking God why he's allowing this to continue on as I get more impatient, stressed and angry because the pressure is more than my body can take or so it seems. Why am I here, Lord? Today he made it clear. My answer is not delivering you from your business, but delivering you from yourself. If I were to let you retire now, you wouldn't have conquered the impatience, frustration, and downright anger that wells up when you're under pressure. I'm doing for you what I did for ancient Israel. 
I'm setting you apart, apart from your flesh, apart from your fear of what is happening more than your fear of me. When you learn to rest in your storm, I will bring you into my next season for you. But unless you learn to overcome within, you will not be able to stand in the glory that's ahead. It will come with great victories, but also at great price. When we know the plan of God, we don't have to blame anyone else for our problems and life challenges. True faith doesn't command the mountains in front of us until we first allow it to scale the mountains within us. You see, if Christians don't allow God to set them apart from the flesh of criticism and anger and discouragement over what's happening in their lives and in America, they won't be able to be the vessels of the glory of God that he has planned. Right now, he's going to dismantle the framework of the sins in our nation and our personal lives. If we don't accept why we are here, the consequences of sin will be allowed to bear their fruit in us just as it is now happening in our nation. So I leave you with this word, hoping you have ears to hear because you're going to need it in the days ahead. When the foreign leader Balak bribed a man of God, Balaam, to curse his own nation in the book of Numbers, Balaam tried to curse Israel, but these words came out instead as he stood on a hill overlooking the encampment of the people of God. God is not a man that he should lie, he said, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. So if you're discouraged because of your own failure, listen to what Balaam said next about a nation who, though they repeatedly rebelled, they were under God's redeeming plan. It's astounding. Balaam said, God has not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. When God allows hard times to come upon us, it doesn't mean he has forsaken us. We can still believe in the covering of his grace. His goal is our freedom and our blessing, as he builds a foundation in us, that is capable of staying free.